Welcome to the DJ Inspires Podcast, hosted by me, DeAntoine DJ Johnson, author of The Sun is Always Shining. This is episode 15, New Age Christian. What is up? What is up? It is DJ here, and this is episode 15, as you just heard in the intro. But before we even get into New Age Christian, because I know some people are like, what is DJ up to? What is he talking about this episode? Um, Just some updates for you. I have a few copies personally left of my book um, for sale for 20 bucks. I will sign it for you if you are interested. Feel free to uh, DM me if you see this on Instagram or message me in my Facebook. Uh, Go to my website, djinspires.com. You can contact me there. Uh, Feel free to hit me up for uh, a copy. And I, I think I'm, I'm trying to get rid of these eight copies that I have. Um, eventually, I'll order some more, but I'm not expecting to order any more for a couple of months. So sell me out of my books. Um, I would truly appreciate it. And for those of you who already have the book, you have read the book, you have personally told me, yo, the book was dope. Please, please, please. Uh, comment on Amazon.com. Uh, specifically, Amazon is what I'm requesting. One, because I already got a bunch of reviews on there already. Um, I just kind of want to add to that. And two, um, just kind of want to add to the popularity of the book on Amazon because uh, I'm going to be pushing to try to push it further um, on Amazon going forward. So please help a brother out. Leave a comment if you have read uh, The Sun is Always Shining. All right. Um, as far as any other updates, I have one or two speaking engagements coming up in the next couple months. Um, I, I'm sure I'm going to be getting busy in the next when schools ramp up and I make some connections and do some certain things. So get in while you fit in. If you want me to come speak at your school or whatever, hit me up. I am down and willing and able to come and speak life to your students, to your staff, to your parents, whoever you need, uh, whoever you need to inspire, I should say. Um, And that is it for the updates. So intro, New Age Christian is this episode. And if you don't know, now you know, I am a Christian. I am a follower of God, a believer of God. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Um, That is what I believe. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about and bring uh, my guest on, who I'm going to introduce in a minute, um, I wanted to have a conversation about that, being a Christian in this new age. I get this idea that there is a lot of different forces going on in uh, this world, this society that we live in right now when it comes to Christians. And there's so many different ones that we're going to cover. But one I can think of off the top of my head is traditional way of being a Christian and a new way of being a Christian. Hence us naming the podcast New Age Christian or this episode, I should say. Um, and then there's some other aspects and layers that I feel like we need to talk about and cover. Um, partly why I want to do that is just kind of introduce those who are on the fence of like, I don't know, or you are the like us who grew up in a church and um, kind of had a taste to go back to it, but just don't want to be dealing with the traditional way of being a Christian. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about trying to live your best life as a Christian. We know that there are conversations about what that's like and what that entails. Um, and so this is going to be juicy. Um, if you uh, haven't listened to any of my podcasts, prior to this um, and you are interested in this conversation, this dynamic, you definitely want to tune in throughout this episode. So um, I I think I covered all that. Yes. Yes. Oh, I didn't even look at my notes. I was on top of it. So um, without further ado, I would like to introduce my guest. Um, we will start with the Honorable <laughs> Minister Pia Jones. Please stop. Please stop. <laughs> Minister Pia Talk to the people. Tell us about yourself. Um, where, where you from? Where, where you grew up? What do you do now? Okay. Well, again, my name is Minister Pia. Y'all can just call me Pia. Um, <laughs> I am from Los Angeles, born and raised on the playgrounds where I spend most of my days. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I um, I grew up. I went to Crenshaw High School. Shout out to all the Cougars. Mm-hmm. Um, I also spent some time in CSUN Go Matadors. Okay. And I'm looking to finish that degree, by the way. 
Uh, but anyway, I currently, uh, I won't even tell y'all where I work because we all in the news right now. <laughs> but I currently hold a very stable job of pension. Hallelujah for that. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, something that pays my tithes. And so I'm grateful for that. But um, yeah, that's about me. I'm, I'm married, have a wonderful husband. Good Shout details. out to Anthony. Um, no children yet. But you know, we'll change it sooner or later. <laughs> <Not gonna work>. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, Pia. And uh, not, the the other guest that I have on the podcast uh, this episode, I should say, is my man Deacon Ross B. <laughs> <laughs> Ross B. Tell the people about yourself. Um, hey, everybody! Um, like DJ said, I'm Ross B. Um, born and raised in Southern California. Um, it never rains in sunny Southern California. Uh, I went to Sarah High School in Gardena. Um, went to Loyola Marymount University. Uh, and uh, now my company's in the news too. Oh, man. Um, what's, what's going on here? What y'all doing? I went to <laughs> Southern California Edison and um, just trying to continue my career there. It pays the bills and tithes as well. So, you know, it allows me to be able to live my best life. Hey, so and we're gonna get into that. So, um, I, 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 every time I bring a guest on, de- depending on the, t- the subject matter, um, I feel like it's always important to have the the audience be introduced to um, the people who are on the podcast. You guys know, or you should know, <laughs> about me, my upbringing, um, and what I do currently. And so, it's, I think it's important to kind of for you guys to get to know in the context of the conversation that we're going to have today. So you're going to be like, oh, they worked there, they worked there, they went to this. You get an idea of what we're working with as this conversation progresses. Now, the juicy, even more juicy details. Um, What is your backgrounds in terms of being a Christian? How did you become a Christian? Did you grow up in a church? Like, Talk to us a little bit about how did you get to the journey of being a Christian? Or how did your journey start as a Christian? Well, I was raised in church. I'll say I was raised in church because as far back as I can remember, I was in church. Um, not, necessarily, <laughs> um, not necessarily um, in the way that most people were, that my friends, I guess. Like, I, I wasn't one of those people that spent every single day of the week in church, but close enough. Um, and my Sundays were definitely devoted to church. Um, we didn't have, make any other plans on Sunday. Like you woke up 7 a.m. and was at church until 6 p.m. or later, you know. Definitely if there was a Monday holiday. You know, <laughs> um, so, yes, I was born and raised in church. It wasn't until I became a teenager that my mom um, got into ministry and things like that. So before that, we were just few members that were dedicated to everything that the church had to Pew offer. Okay. I praised dance. I did Sunday school, vacation, Bible school, you name it. We were at every conference. Like it was just, we was like real, like churchy, churchy. Yeah. Ross, what about you, man? Um, very similar. Um, I lived in breathed church. Uh, one of my relatives was a, a pastor and, uh, that's the church we attended. Um, like Pia said, like 24-7, mm. I mean, when the church opened until the church closed, I was closing <laughs> the gate um, there on Sundays. Um, coming up, like my mom just kept us in any and everything. So we were involved in Sunday school, vacation Bible school, going to church camps, like everything was church. And even when I decided, you know, to um, make a visible representation and get baptized and um, really... Uh, make that decision for myself, not because someone told me to or while, you know, my parents forced me to. Um, I told my mom I wanted to get baptized and uh, at a fairly, it was in 1996, actually. I still got the Bible as a gift that somebody gave to me (laughs) when I did it. But um, yeah, like lived in bereaved church um, to the point where, you know, as I got a little bit older, you know, you see some things and then even got into actual working for the church and being um, a deacon, as you mentioned earlier, and on the board of trustees for the church and kind of working the background, the odds and ends. So, yeah, full circle. Oh, man. And the funny thing, and just a caveat, if you hear some bass in the background, we are actually recording this 
at church. <laughs> and so um, they are having rehearsals um, in the building next door. So you might get some residual bass. I'll try to edit that as best possible. But if you hear that, we are really uh, churching it on this episode. But a little bit about my background. Um, I don't know if uh, you guys even know this. Um, I don't remember being super active in the church when I was young before I moved with my grandmother in the foster care. And uh, I remember we go to the church every now and then. My stepfather's dad was a pastor. And so it was kind of in the background, but I really don't remember um, us consistently going to church. And it didn't really start for me until I started living with my grandmother. And that was in the fourth grade. And then once that happened, it was what y'all said, like we at the church consistently every Sunday, no fail. Um, there was even Sundays where <laughs> it got so like, so consistent, so routine that there were Sundays where you'd be up and you're like, man, we would have been up by now. Grandma would have woke me up by now. Like, oh, maybe we're not going this Sunday. <laughs> and sometimes, one or two times that would be the case. But most times it was like, nope, get your butt up. Um, Bobby Jones Gospel on BET playing on the TV. Um, my grandma used to always wear uh, white diamonds, I think. Is that the famous uh, perfume? Like, I remember all these vivid things, conversations, or just thoughts in my head as I'm remembering those Sundays, going to church, being in the choir. Um, man, just being super heavily involved um, and just having that background and having that and you you get this idea or you have these ideas as you grow up like what it's like being a Christian or not even ideas of like the traditional values that were taught to us and that goes and I'm kind of segueing into my first question for everybody what are some of the things that got on your nerves about being a Christian when you were a child um, man I, I I could say like this idea of almost like you got to be perfect like you can't make a mistake you can't do this you can't do that <laughs> you know what I mean like your sins are saved and you can't sin like it was just like you get this kind of connotation that being a Christian at least in a traditional sense like you're handcuffed you can't have fun you can't do this you can't do that um and I, I don't know what about if y'all are feeling that. I know Ross is shaking his head. Y'all can't see that, but <laughs> what, what do you think, Ross? What were some of the things that got on your nerves about being a Christian when I you think were a kid? That's a really big thing. Um, perfection, like yeah. you couldn't make a mistake. But we all know we all fall short, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and to try and live up to that expectation, I think was something that really wasn't realistic and that is one of the main things you know even when I tried to bring people to church you know oh you got to be perfect you got to be dressed no that's not the case mm -hmm. like you need to get there like yes yeah. the most important thing <laughs> is to get know. there and I feel like because of you know those uh, assumptions or that you know um that environment that was created most of the time by old school versus new school mm -hmm. in the church. Uh, a lot of people ended up getting turned away and never really came. Um, that and, you know, the idea that you had to be at church 24-7. If you weren't, you weren't really committed. You mm -hmm. weren't really being a Christian. I think that that was a huge thing uh, that really resonated with me um, because, like even now, like I was saying with my background, I was like in church all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as I got older and made friends in college and, you know, I don't necessarily not that I don't want to be at church, but there's other things that I would like to do, too. But that doesn't mean that I'm not committed to uh, the ministry and serving and uh, being present. But sometimes, you know, I like to take a vacation here or there, you know, here and there. Minus Ross has made his appearance on the podcast. Pia, what's up? Um, Talk to me. I think it's the same. I think for me, I just felt like growing up, I knew nobody that was going to heaven. Mm. And even the person that I thought really, really should get in there, <laughs> I think I prayed for her so much. Oh, like, Lord, just let her in because we're all going to hell, but she should definitely be in. We used to say, like, she was Jesus Jr. Like, she just, my auntie loved her to death, I promise. Like, but growing up, we all, I, I just didn't know anybody that was going to heaven because I felt like 
them, the traditional people, like the older generation of my church when growing up, they just did such a good job of pointing out what we were doing wrong mm. that then I started to focus what they were doing wrong. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, well, you're not going either exactly. then if, you, if that's the case. So I think that was the problem with my um, relationship with Christianity was I just felt like none of us are going to make it. So why are we going so hard? I just, I just didn't get it. And I think the other thing was it just wasn't cool to be Christian. Yeah. Um, and so I can remember hiding it and not wanting to be Christian at school and not wanting to be Christian at, outside with my yeah. friends because it just wasn't cool to to be Christian. It just it was like taboo almost like don't talk about church outside the church. Like <laughs> it's like when we made a decision, like yeah. it's just not okay to do this because everybody already knows that we can't go to their birthday party because it's Saturday night, it's a sleepover. We have to go to church the next day. Mm. We can't do this because parents don't like them because they don't ever be at church, and we can't mm. like we would just shut off for so many things when we did get an opportunity to go to church or go somewhere else. It was like don't talk about church. Don't be Christian. That's so interesting, though. Like, coming from a public school, you went to Crenshaw. I did. Oh, okay, yeah. I was mm-hmm. going to say another term, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Don't start. From, don't start. Coming from Sarah, you know, which is, uh, for most people that probably don't know, Sarah High School in Gardena is a Catholic school. So, Catholicism rules. Um, and being uh, Christian and uh, going at that time to a Protestant church um, or Baptist church, um it was uh, very different. I'm in class battling. I have to take, you know, uh, classes like religion that are based on complete Catholicism. They use a different Bible than I did. We use the King James version. So it was a lot of a lot of different things that was going on in that dynamic. And, you know, I was a little of a rebel. So like I relished the opportunities to be like, no, that's not what I learned in Sunday school. No, like, <laughs> so, you know, that, that dynamic and being, you know, out there on the island by myself, you know, and there was some other people in class that were Christians as well, but they really weren't like vocal like that. Um, but it takes a, 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 I don't know, it was a battle. And most of my um, teachers knew that. And, you know, it's tough, especially when someone else is trying to push their ideals on you about what you should be. Kind of back to the same point of, you know, the older generation of traditional, which I feel like in that sense, that's what Catholicism was at the Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, oh, we're, we're older. You guys came from us. Like, this is the way it should be, you know, and then kind of just combating that and kind of figuring out your own truth and your own relationship with God and kind of like what you believe in. You know, it, it was very... um interesting yeah um, at those times so yeah i um part i mean i i share already like just kind of having those same ideas of like this perfectionism and one of the things that kind of i was thinking about when you guys were talking was um i don't know if it happened for you guys but because of that perfectionism because of that like traditional like do it this way or else do it this way or you won't get to heaven kind of attitude where you just kind of feel this pressure like I just can't live I just can't be I just can't be a part of this society that looks oh so appealing right and for what what ended up happening for me is there was a separation from being a Christian from the church for me and I was I was on a hiatus from being a Christian like to the point where I remember in college like having conversations in um, entertaining theories that there wasn't no God and there was this, you know, the sun is very reminiscent to what we consider our son. Like all these different conversations that I was having with just people that I knew in college or just kind of in that space where I was really kind of separating. Um, did y'all have the case of the separations? Did you separate yourself from church being a Christian? Did you have that kind of time away from to, to maybe be in a space where you appreciate being a Christian more? I think for me, it, I never had the space of not necessarily in that way where I was seeking other or entertaining other uh, philosophies. Mm. For me, it was more so you guys told me I can't question God and I have a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to spend some time questioning God and anybody who gave me an audience was going to hear those questions. And I was challenging God to 
use people that I knew and I respected to give those answers. Mm-hmm. So it definitely was separation from church and I church hopped for a short period of time, mm-hmm. took some time, sat myself down for ministry a couple times before getting here uh, at my current church because I didn't understand the direction. I didn't understand what was going on. Your sermon sound the same every Sunday. I just, what is this? Mm-hmm. And I, I challenged God to meet me. Like, I can't chase you because I'm not even sure this is real. If I can't, if I can't get answers from you about my regular life, or if there's things that are I feel that are contradicting, and I don't know how to apply this scripture, I feel like I can't trust you. So mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily like what are the, what else is there, but I could have gotten there if I felt like I didn't get the answers. Yeah. And I, or I wasn't satisfied with the lack of answer, you know, like everything can't be answered, but you do have to come to a resolve that it's best if you don't get the answer. But if you, I never got to that space, mm-hmm. I would have no problem. I know so many people that call themselves spiritual and not necessarily religious or find themselves confined to any particular religion um, who were living better lives at the time from my eyes Mm -hmm. you know like I'm looking at you like y'all look like y'all okay not inside of this bubble that I'm in and I can't I can't find any um, freedom or 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 understanding in gotcha Ross what about you yeah I think in a similar vein like I never uh, distance myself so to speak for those reasons Mm -hmm. I think it was more so kind of questioning you know um, why the message wasn't particularly speaking to me and mm. one of the previous churches that I was in. And then, you know, the traditional sense of pointing the finger of, Hey, don't do this. Mm. But, you know, being in the church and being super involved and in the inner workings, you see a lot of different things mm. and you become aware of a lot of things that don't necessarily line up. So it's very difficult at that time to continue to stay dedicated and, you know, I felt at at a point, I honestly just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't getting fed. I wasn't getting nourished and I had all these questions and then you see those type of things. So then, you know, it becomes, um, not so much a toxic situation, but you need your, if you're yearning to grow and yearning to learn more and you're not necessarily getting those things and you're seeing other things happen, it kind of, you know, it doesn't motivate you as much. And then you're trying to question and find out where do you turn? Where do you go? And I think that's kind of the space that I was in for quite some time uh, prior to me coming um, to ECM. Um, And within that, I think that that's very difficult. I'm sure that a lot of people go through that Mm -hmm. because you question and be like, well, should I stay? Should I leave? Mm -hmm. You know, how, how should I approach this? And then you, you know, eventually, hopefully you, you seek, other counsel and then also go to God about it and then, you know, kind of let God guide your footsteps on where you need to move to. And, you know, I prayed about it and look where I am now. So in a church that definitely uh, feeds me, feeds my spirit, and I'm able to work and focusing on what uh, we need to do and support the vision. Yeah. Because the vision is the boss. Yeah. Yeah. You better. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that is an excellent segue into what I ultimately was going to get to, um, because it sounds like even in my journey and both of the journeys that you guys just mentioned, we all three just questioned, right? We had our own questions. We had our own thoughts. And I think ultimately what happened with me is um, what, what flipped the switch was that I started to get and understand God for myself. And not who God was through my grandmother's eyes, who established God in my life in the first place. And once I was able to like kind of see it and understand it and read scripture and just kind of get into a space where like, okay, I get some of this. I still don't get some of that, but I'm starting to understand kind of how God works and not necessarily aligns with the traditional way that I've been taught. Um, And one of the things that I'm hearing from you both is you ultimately got to a space where you started to understand God for you. Um, can you talk about your journeys and finally get into that space where you you found your your vision and idea of who God is for you and not who your mom or your grandmother, whoever established that value in you for, for whoever they saw God as? Yeah. Well, I think... Um... <laughs> That started when I actually started to like open, like I was really good 
like growing up, like most people are that grew up in church, like you learn the Bible verses, you memorize the Bible verses mm-hmm. like it's nothing in vacation Bible school mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I could quote scriptures to you all day. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think once I really started to take notes in sermons and really went back later on, not just that first time listening to mm-hmm. it and go back and uh go back over things that were said or notes that I made and then kind of think about how that applied to my life and then kind of like where I wanted to be and the relationship that I said that I wanted to have with God mm-hmm. and kind of directing my path, um, going through school and, you know, trying to figure out life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's where the relationship started to develop. And I mean, it's so crazy. Like this just happened to me. Um, we're here at church and working and, you know, um, you know, we all have things that we can improve on. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of those things that I wrote down that I said at the beginning of this year that I wanted to do was talk to God more, spend more time with God. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened. Pastor talked about that last last week. Mm-hmm. But even when pastor was going on vacation, we had a guest minister here who ended up like speaking so much life and blessings into my my soul just talked about you know uh and revealed prophecy to me that i wasn't even aware of Mm -hmm. um basically you know had me stand up and was just speaking about a situation that i was currently in of waiting to hear back from a job a promotion at edison and kind of just broke every every doubt or every um, negative thought that I had about the position and everything that I could have done. I was second guessing stuff and, you know, just said that the job was mine. Mm -hmm. Like God already told me it's yours. Like just wait and see it's yours. And then kind of spoken to my future about it. But hearing that from someone who doesn't really even know me um, just was confirmation that God is still watching. Mm-hmm. Like God sees the effort that you're making, mm-hmm. just continuing that. And I feel like those things along the way, right? Building a better relationship, like I said, I want yeah. to do at the beginning of the year. That is confirmation, an actual tangible example of uh, of taking those steps toward a better relationship and seeing the fruits of that. So yeah, yeah. For me, I I can remember. I was in college and um, I used to go to this Bible study um, and it was where God opened up my eyes to sin as his protections and not his judgment. Um, And I think that's when I was open to the closer relationship. And at this point I had already been in ministry for a while and was being used at the Bible study uh, whenever I was needed. But I, it, it really opened him up to Father God and not Judger. And so mm-hmm. I think that's when my relationship started to expand and I started to be more open to what he had for me um, and not trying to figure out how I can place him into the plans that I have for me. So that's when I got to know God for myself, when I was by myself, when I was seeking him because I found this Bible study mm-hmm. for myself. Um, so when I actually actively started to seek him is when he started to, like I said earlier, answer my questions and he started to reveal to me that everything that the Bible and people would tell us not to do was actually his way of protecting those that he loved the most. So I started to see him as that. Mm. I, both of you guys brought up another uh, good point and I wanted to kind of bring it to the forefront. And that point was, um, once you found God, for me personally, um, and I heard it in both your answers, for me personally, the reason why I'm a believer of God is because of the 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 work that he has done in my life. Like, um, I think for me, it's like to really be in a space and like understand and see like, man, this ain't nothing but God. Like, this ain't nothing but a, a, a outer worldly <laughs> kind of energy happening in my life to have me be where I am with all the things that I've been through in life. Um, and for me, it was just like, just witnessing that and seeing, seeing that, like knowing like, ain't no way I should be where I am today without that type of intervention. And once, and so when I first initially kind of had that thought, it was kind of like, well, but let me see, like you still test it. You still look for certain answers. You still, and he just consistently on a consistent basis kept like, Hey, 
I got this for you. I got this for you. I got you going down this path when you didn't even think that this was possible a couple years ago. And when you, for me, like I always challenge people, like I'm not the type of person that's going to throw God in your face and um, read this scripture and, and do this and do that. Like I am the person like, I want you to see the way that I'm living my life, see the way that I walk by faith and not by sight, like see all these different ways that I'm like living my life. And I want you to be like, yo, God really working on my dude right there. Like God is really in this man's life. Let me be, I'm intrigued by this. I'm intrigued by the way God is moving in this kid's life. And for me, that's such a better way I feel like to move people and have people be impacted by the kingdom. I always say this, like, the work that I do in life, like through my business, through stats, whatever it may be, like I am using my God-given talents to ultimately impact the kingdom as best I can. And because of how far he has brought me in life, I understand now even more better now than I did before that um, the things that I've been through in life are not for not. Like there's no, there's there's a reason um, that I went through those things and I have to be continue to be in a position and use these things that God has blessed me with, um, these avenues, these these platforms, different ways of impacting and, and affecting the kingdom by my actions and not necessarily by beating people over the head with it. Right. Um, any thoughts on kind of that, 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 that premonition that I had just now of like God, like showing me, you know, why I should believe in him as opposed to like me listening to why I should believe. Him. Do yeah. I, I think for me, you, you really do have to, submit yourself to that mm-hmm. I think the problem that we have is we don't we kind of make it a, a a Christian specific thing but if you can believe in good vibes only if you can believe in horoscopes <laughs> then you can believe in the hand of God in your life I feel like if you can believe in those things if you can fixate your mind to to believe those things will come to pass you can also believe that God has a hand in your life mm-hmm. the only thing is that we have to um, be mindful not to put so much energy on what comes with our own power. Mm. So like a lot of times we like, I did this, I did this, I did this. But because God is God, he will quickly show you that no matter how qualified you are, (laughs) you don't have to have this job. No matter matter how good you are in this game, you don't have to play this full Mm -hmm. time. You know, like, he has a way of quickly snatching it. So then you do say, well, I know that I deserve this. I know that I put forth all my power. So if I'm not doing it, it's got to be some other person controlling the, controlling the strings. And I think that's what it is. I think it's, it's God gives us free will to make the choice. And then once we start to make that choice, he starts to reveal himself more and more and in positive ways. But then also gives us our life direction mm. by taking some of those making the, some of those no's to give us the, the path that he wants for us. So I think it is. I think it is definitely a choice that you have to submit to, though. That's good. Yeah, That's uh, good. Just a saying, just thinking about that, like, if you park and no movement, you're not working toward nothing, What 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 is God going to have to do? Like, you need to take action. I think right. that's the biggest thing. And I think, you know, kind of to what both of you said, like, it's really uh, a thing um, when you really think about it, like, I don't think it's effective, right? If I just tell you something, I can tell you something all day, but if you have your own experience, if you have experienced just a little bit of God, you know, or a blessing in your life that you know that you really didn't have any control over, if you're really honest with yourself, right? like, I think at that point in time, like you said, like, it should be very easy to believe that someone else is pulling those strings, right? And I think it's better, like you said, like it's better to for people to experience it on their uh, on their own mm-hmm. rather than me trying to beat you over the head with the Bible or you have to do this, you have to do this in order to be saved. I feel like an example, being an example is a great way, but mm-hmm. then also uh, for them to sit back and realize like how God has moved in their life just by the one step that they've taken and God helped you take those two or three next steps. Mm-hmm. All right. So we thank you guys for sharing like your um, perfect examples of like having 
be an example, finding God for yourself. Like that's that seems like the ultimate path. Even if you grew up in a church, even if you had the traditional ways, even if you didn't grow up in a church, I think what ultimately happens for all Christians, at least what should happen, um, is that you ultimately develop this um, intimate relationship with God um, that that can stand the test of time, that's going to have you fall off the wheel a little bit and get back on. Um, it, it's just that journey that I feel like every Christian has to go on. And um, I pose this question um, when it when it came to purpose um, in my purpose episode, because I feel like um, ultimately your purpose aligns as a Christian with what God has for you. And you don't necessarily um, get that purpose conversation or that conversation to kind of create this particular intimate relationship with God, at least. Um, and maybe y'all can stop me. Like, I feel like when I was growing up in the church, we didn't we weren't allotted. Um, we weren't we weren't told to establish your own intimate relationship. It was almost like it was this is how your relationship should be with God, and this is the way that you should move forward with God. Like, did y'all have that experience? Like growing up, yeah. Like this is they kind of try to model it. This is how it should be. Yeah. Um. This is how you should walk. A good Christian wears pantyhose and, and skirts <laughs> down to the floor. Um. A great <laughs> yes. Um, a, a good Christian um, comes to church every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. A good Christian never swears, um, curse. A good Christian um, always um, is modeled and sanctified. You're always blessed and highly favored. Um, you're never having a bad day because mm. if you, you ha- always have to have a testimony on your lips. So I think absolutely it was it was this idea of perfection and how you behave in church. It's how you should also behave outside. So if you fall asleep on the back pew, that's how you should act outside the church. Like you could never do anything different than what you did inside the church and how you were raised or, or uh, mentored by by the elders of the church to behave. Yeah, is my experience. Ross, yeah, it, it's very similar. Um, I feel like because of that idea of perfection, I feel like a lot of people that you know would have started to develop a relationship felt like they didn't measure up. So, you know, they end up turning away. Well, I can't do that. You know, I'm not ready to address certain things in my life and I'm not ready to let go of certain mm-hmm. things. So they thought that they wouldn't be able to be a part of the church, even though somebody's telling them to come every Sunday and then telling you every Sunday that you're doing wrong mm-hmm. or, you know, I it's, it's crazy that this example comes to mind because I'm not a female, but I just look at how, you know, sometimes uh, women... Uh, in the church that are young that end up, you know, my mom had me when she was in college. She Mm -hmm. wasn't married, you know, and how (laughs) the church treats, you know, uh, young mothers sometimes, traditional church, Mm -hmm. I should say. Let me be more specific. You know, it it was really hard for her. Mm -hmm. Like, she didn't want to come. There was a whole bunch of embarrassment, you know, and, you know, working through that, I'm glad she still stuck with it, Mm -hmm. but it makes it very difficult for people to really learn how to develop a relationship with God, learn, you know, the correct or a different or alternative way than what, you know, traditional church is preaching or teaching. Uh, It becomes very difficult. And I think that that's one of the major things like that deters. And I think that that's one of the the things that I necessarily didn't, you know, too much care for uh, because that's the experience that I've, that's how I was raised, you know in a church where my mother was unmarried, right, for quite some time Mm -hmm. until she got married. So, you know, I think all of those things um, speak exactly to what you both were talking about, how, you know, that narrative really changes things. Speaking of narrative, um, I get this vibe that uh, people that are kind of outsiders looking in at Christians, um, somebody would get a bad rap. Um, because outsiders feel like we can't live or do anything. Like it, it's speaking to that strict, stringent way of living where you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. Um, and I know I brought both of you on this podcast for this specific question. Forget all the other stuff y'all was talking about. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, and even me myself, like. I feel like we collectively as Christians, we live our best lives in the best Christian way that you can kind of 
frame it. Um, Ross B just not throwing all his business out there, but my man probably goes on a trip a month <laughs> to different <laughs> places around the world, um, country, and uh, P as well has been known to go on some trips and have fun and go to party and have a good time. You know what I mean? Like, can we? Can y'all both kind of speak to like? Are, do we, are people right? Do, are we stringent? Do we not have rules? Are we not supposed to be doing certain things? Like, talk to the people. <laughs> Help them out. <laughs> no, I think I think it's uh, I think we do uh, Christians in general get a bad rep um, for uh, trying to live life. Yeah, and I think it goes back to the traditional sense of that judgmental view, mm-hmm. you know, outside looking in. But speaking for myself, like I think that it's. Each person has their own individual relationship with God and are, you know, on a different path Mm -hmm. and, you know, have certain priorities or certain things that they're working toward, you know, like I mentioned earlier, to have uh, to spend more time with God, have a better relationship. I don't think that me going on a trip a month or two times a month is me not experiencing or spending time with God. Right. Um, Especially now things are a little different. Like we have. Not many churches I know are streaming services online mm-hmm. where even if I'm on a trip, I can still tune in. Mm-hmm. I can get the sermon later. like, And then I can spend quiet time myself in the word, like really speaking to God. It, yeah. Right, yeah. So I think, you know, many times it's a judgmental thing. I feel like sometimes that is human nature. We, we want to evaluate, analyze, mm-hmm. and force our brains to understand things how we experience them as opposed to it's really hard or it really takes maturity to understand that there's a different path mm-hmm. or everybody's not going to be the same as you are yeah um but i mean i get i get that all the time i go out i go out and go to parties i mean but i'm in church if i'm in town pretty much i'm here at church working serving but mm-hmm. That's something that I committed to, right? So that's something that I take very serious. So even if I'm out, you know, having a good time, you know, I may have a drink or two, but, you know, uh, I'm not drunk out there, you know. Mm -hmm. And even if you wanted to take it to the word, it's it's certain things I feel like people have their own interpretation of what certain things in scriptures, man, all in itself, (laughs) right? So, hey, you're taking a drink. You're not Christian. I'm still a Christian. Mm. That, that doesn't make or change my relationship with God. I, did they not drink in the Bible? Oh. They drank a okay. lot in the Bible. I, I just want to throw that out there. I just want to throw that out there. Wine was the drink of choice. Oh, come on, yeah. man. I'm just saying. I feel like an important piece that I feel like people, like for me, like I try and treat people right. Like mm. anybody that I come in contact with because I know eventually, like at any point in time, God can, you know, like we said earlier, I can act like I got it all going mm-hmm. on and I'm responsible for everything that's happened to me. But in the grand scheme of things, that's not really the case. Mm-hmm. And you can be humble very quickly. Yes. Right. So, you know, I am very mindful of my interactions and I always try and make myself available or to be there for especially my friends or, you know, anyone that may be in need or stuff like that while I'm out. Mm-hmm. But I do have a good time. I'm going to socialize and be respectful and enjoy myself. Um, but you know, there's always a line, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like too many times people assume that, you know, we as Christians can't even, you know, get to the line mm-hmm. or we go overboard. And I feel like, you know, that's a judgmental thing. And I think that that's something that some people need to reevaluate within themselves because anytime you're judging others, you need to also take a look at yourself, yeah. you know, to see where you are and where your walk is with God too. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's a there. Speaking of that line, there is a line, and mm. I think that is the that's the part that people miss. Because if I want to go out to a party with my girls, we're gonna get this circle cracking on the middle of this dance floor, and we're gonna have a good time. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter like what the onlookers say, because our relationships with God are personal. Mm-hmm. And my dancing on the dance floor does not say that I will treat you wrong. Yeah. It doesn't say that I'm not a believer and I don't pray. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you can't you if you can separate if you can separate a, a liar from a gossiper or a murderer from 
uh, robber. If you can make those like those separations, like Christians have done, oh, that sin is worse than this sin. Mm-hmm. If you can make those separations, then why can't you make the separation from this person's having a good time and this person is out here trying to ruin the world? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, why can't I just be enjoying what life has to offer and it not be? Um, and it not be okay because a lot of times also if I'm if I'm honest the Christians didn't say well let me go ahead and open up a club that plays only positive music mm-hmm. there's not one club open by a pastor where the youth can go <laughs> yeah. and shout out to Pastor Chef you might want to come up with this but where yeah. the youth can go <laughs> and have clean music that is not degrading that mm-hmm. is not you know um super in any direction mm-hmm. but just positive vibes good vibes where we can just have a good time mm-hmm. nobody's open that but everybody wants to c- criticize people for doing something yeah. or doing such and again i can live my life i should be able to go to it go on a trip be in a nice bathing suit laying poolside with my husband with no judgment it shouldn't mm-hmm. be like why is she all out here showing her body like i'm with my husband mm-hmm. on vacation so i feel like there is definitely um, a line. Somebody catch you eating your chips without praying. Like, oh, and you supposed to be Christian. Like, it's just so much. It's judgment, but it's also something I feel like it comes from a place of their own insecurities will be imperfect. That's what it is. I think it's like you just want to be so perfect and you're so guarded from living your life that you have to point out you want somebody to come join your party. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring you into mine. I yes. want you to bring you into the freedom of having a good time. <laughs> like live a little. It's okay. And it and it goes back to what Ross said. How are you living outside? Mm-hmm. Outside of the club, when you're just at work, how are you treating your coworkers? Are you showing Christ like? Can mm. you can you really express empathy for people who are going through things? Mm. Do you go into your closet and pray for people that you know are going through something? Do you bring them up? That's how we need to be focused. And I encourage people that really want to be or exercise Christianity or try God for themselves. Think about that. Forget about what everybody else says. Mm-hmm. Forget about all the judgment. How are you as a person at the core, at the core of who you are? Do you want to be a better person? Do you want to live a more fulfilled life? If your answer is yes, I want that, then piece by piece, pull it together. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to be automatically. If if you do, if you have a couple drinks or you get wasted drunk somewhere, be in the middle Mm -hmm. and get better at each and every time and find out how you can become a better person and then as you do that, you'll start to see God's direction, which will then start to change everything else. But that don't mean that you still don't have a good time. Yeah. Because what you do in the club doesn't concern me. It's really more what's what. How are you towards the everyday person? Yeah. Yeah. And man, so much to unpack in what both of y'all said. <laughs> um, one of the things that came to mind, like just just right now, of like this um, this idea of like the the, the levels of fun, like you literally can shift and change your ideas of fun. The fun doesn't necessarily have to be, I got to get drunk, stay out until three o'clock in the morning and then have a one night stand. That's not a level of fun that we like as a Christian, your, 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 your fun intensity, your fun meter shifts. You, Mm -hmm. you find fun in different things. Are we, we have drinks. Yeah. <laughs> we drink. And, and as Ross and both Pia pointed to, like, we're not getting drunk to the point of drunkenness. Like, mm-hmm. to the point where, key point, and I hope y'all picked it up in what uh, Pia and Ross said, and that is who I am in the party, at the club, whoever, I don't ever want it to be jeopardized. I don't ever want it to be hindered in my actions of doing too much by drinking or doing whatever. Like I want to portray this person of I'm treating people right because that who that is who God designed me to be. That is who he has moved me towards. Oh, and yeah. when we're in the world, when we're in the world, when we're at the club, we are doing it um with our values attached, it's with our exactly. things like with, with our values, you know attached. what I'm saying? Like, like <laughs> you know, here. that's there, <laughs> that, that, and it's not going away. That, that brings up another point. I mean, I thought about it when uh, Peel was answering. Like, so there's a, like you said, there's a lot to unpack with that. You mm-hmm. know, um, coming from a married perspective, yes. Peele, right? And I'm single, mm-hmm. so it's very different 
you know, on my end, mm -hmm. you know, how people interact, you know, like I always say, you gotta be a hundred percent honest. And I think honesty is the best policy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a lot of people fall into the dating and, you know, um, lying and all that. Like it's, it's never a good look, fellas. Like mm -hmm. never a good look. Yeah. And ladies too. But yeah. you know, you gotta, you, you gotta figure out where to operate. Like you said, different levels. Right. And I think that's a very difficult thing, even for our generation and the generations underneath us as well as above. Like that's a really hard thing to grasp, especially when you have a lot of people still in the traditional thinking mm -hmm. of how you need to be. This is the perfection that you need to have. Yeah. And then. Like you said earlier, especially what Pia said, like it's a internal thing, like you're insecure or something within you, you know, that you're unable to grasp or really want to work through. So to make yourself feel better or more, you know, fulfilled, you reach out and judge others. Right. Um, I, I think that that that's an episode in itself. So, yes. Yeah. And it's it's in our nature. And I feel like this is the, this is a society that we've grown up in throughout the years. Um, it just kind of have always had this, um, what, like, way of being when, when we judge. Like, and we, like, um, I can speak for me. I don't want to throw y'all under the bus, but like, you know, I judge and I, I fall into that trap and I like have to reel myself back in, like, yo, really? Right. <laughs> you looked right, in the exactly. mirror lately, bro? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so, you did this morning, but, but it's exactly. like, oh man, I talk about this a lot of like how we have, like for me, when you have reached a level of maturity, a level of getting more and more towards where God wants you to be is where you can self-assess, where you can look in your mirror and be like, the way that you talked to your wife the other day, bro, come on, you could do better. Right. The way that you talked to your boss the other day, come on, man. Like it's just having that evaluation of self and knowing like, am I where I want to be right now? Mm -hmm. What steps, what moves, what actions do I need to take to get to that space? Um, and I think as a Christian, like this is a lifelong journey, man. Like you're not about to be a Christian overnight. You're not about to get this down. Like in some instances, I'm still on training wheels when it comes to being a Christian. I, I'm not in my word as much as I should be and could be. And those are, and I think what um, Pastor Shep and we don't talk enough about him. Um, we haven't talked enough about him in this episode, but like Pastor Shep is the hurt, um, Herder? I don't, I don't know. Shepherd, thank you. The shepherd of uh, ECM, Experience Christian Ministries, located at, uh, in Los Angeles on San Pedro and 47th place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm on it. And for us, like, a lot of my growth has come by me joining this church. And I think what Pastor Shep has preached um, and what has helped me and probably has helped you, you too. Um, is he has preached grace in a way that I haven't heard it from other pastors. Um, the grace of like getting away from like, oh my gosh, I can't do nothing or I'm doomed for hell mm -hmm. to the point where like, okay, I fell. Let me get back up. That's different than yeah. what they're teaching us. And I, I don't know. That's a whole nother episode. We don't have to get into it, but like, like he has taught us grace to the point where I, I have looked at Christianity and being a Christian differently mm -hmm. how has his teachings or just being a part of this church helped you guys move into this space where you're looking at christianity different and you're living your lives to the point where it's, it's becoming an example of the people who's around you uh, i think it goes back to what i said a little bit earlier regarding um christianity just wasn't cool when i was growing up yeah. so i really w was seeking something that reminded me that I, it's okay to live. Mm -hmm. So when you come to ECM, ECM is live, it's upbeat, it's um, just, you see people having fun, you mm -hmm. see people smiling, you see people enjoying life, people that are not hard-pressed to be perfect or impress anybody in the building. Mm -hmm. um, and that was my experience since being with ECM since 2011. Mm -hmm. So early on within the first year, it's just always been that way. And I feel like our pastor, Pastor Chef, really does a good job with trickling that down to the congregation no matter how how you come in you don't leave the same because mm -hmm. you feel like all right i okay this week wasn't the best week but here are some tools i can take with me to make it next week a better one mm -hmm. and and that's just always been attractive to me give me the word in a way that like you said the grace message in a way that will get me off of me and focus mm -hmm. more on how i can be better and how i can present myself better so yes. that the world will be attracted to it there's only so much that the world can take, particularly this generation. 
where everybody hates them, even yeah. up to 45. Everybody yeah. hates this generation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nobody wants them to be successful. But if you tell them, like, listen, okay, we're not going to talk about the, the umpteen things you feel is wrong with you. Let's mm-hmm. just focus on one. Let's focus on changing that one. And then as you get that, that ball starts to roll and it just snowballs into a changed life overall. Not perfect life, yes, but a life that you yourself can mm-hmm. be proud of because ultimately God is proud with your desire to be yes. perfect. A man after God's own mm-hmm. heart, female as well. Ross, talk to the people. Man, I, I think... <laughs> everything i agree with everything you mm-hmm. both said uh especially about pastor shep and ecm but i think one of the the qualities and i even told him myself that i think um he is changing um how people view pastors mm-hmm. um, he is personable but letting you know that he's not perfect to mm-hmm. break down that notion that we spoke about before that you there's a perfection like he's saying and been open like I struggle with things too mm-hmm. I am working on certain things about myself and mm-hmm. my life that I'm trying to get better with and I feel like because of that notion he's able to bring in so many other people that can identify and relate to him um, and the church as well like you said everyone is able to see like hey this is a group thing we're growing together yes. right step by step right and like you said it becomes a snowball and i feel like many times you don't see that in traditional churches mm-hmm. it's always you have to be perfect and also I, I definitely have to say that it's not a celebration of the pastor and you know church growing up we used to have appreciation mm-hmm. services oh, and all kind of other things where we're just <laughs> you know don't get me wrong. Every, every, yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that um, appreciation services are a bad thing. I'm not saying that you shouldn't appreciate your pastor, but the focus should be on the work. Yes, we definitely make sure that Pastor Shep is taking care of him mm-hmm. and his family. You know, because of the tireless work that he puts in being here, the church should be able to do those things. Mm-hmm. But the focus that pastor has is on the sheep. Right? Yes, because he is the shepherd. So, and I think it's um, one thing I wanted to bring to light that you said as well is like we gotta differentiate like this idea that Pastor Shep um, is vulnerable to us um, in a way that we, as at least growing up for me, like you don't mm-hmm. get that in a church. Like the pastor is on this very high pedestal. Mm-hmm. He's um, most times this, 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 they fit into those stereotypes. They come in with the nicest cars, the fly suits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are, uh, they are on this level and you, you have this idea that this pastor is perfect. And then you find out from the background that they sleeping with one of the ladies in the mm-hmm. church or they doing all this crazy stuff. And it's like, in some instances, like, yes, that's okay. But when you have preached, perfectionism when you have a congregation feeling like it's a perfectionism thing like and then you fall short you know what i mean like but not apologizing exactly (laughs) not sorry at all like (laughs) i had to bring that to life because that's what pastor chef brings to the table of like yo like i'm with y'all like i mess up i'm tore up from the flow up i curse a little bit like i do certain things that you know um may be seen or um not even like seen by badly uh by god but seen as a person whose heart is not for God. It, it go and it doesn't go to God is going to um uh, ugh, discipline me because I'm not doing wrong. Mm. You yourself are going to feel some type of way because you're not acting according to the person that you're trying to be and who God wants you to be. That's that's a different, that's different. conversation. Yeah. 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 Completely different conversation. So, anywho, um such a good conversation that we've had up until this point. Um do you guys have any advice for someone curious about being a Christian, maybe have fallen off the beaten path, have thought about getting back into it or just don't know about Christianity? already or have seen people and seen examples of it and just wanted to kind of get in any advice that you have for those people and uh second layer is any advice for those when they have committed to trying to be a christian and seeing what that's like for their own life um what it what what advice do you have for them in finding their own good church home for themselves um okay so my first say i would first say Go to the person that you look to, that because everybody has a person they admire. Mm. Go to that person and find out what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, 
that person will tell you what in their life is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, so many times, like I did when I was in CSUN, I just saw these happy people and they had a flyer that said, you know, Hope's House Bible Study. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that changed my perspective and that ultimately got me closer to God. So if you know somebody, they might you, they might have mentioned church or something or another. Just ask them what they're doing, how they how they got to that relationship. First of all, forget all that you heard about how God is so judgmental, <laughs> and just go find you somebody that's smiling. Yeah. <laughs> like I can remember being miserable yes. um, as a child because I just felt like I was never right. Yeah. So definitely find somebody that's smiling and, and in a good place, and and has at some point dropped a hint that they may be Christian. And then to find your church home. Like I said, I church top a, a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you need to do is first say a quick prayer. God, let me hear you mm-hmm. in the next church I go to. Mm-hmm. And you will go into that church and open your mind and your heart to receive it. And a word will come special for you. And I would even challenge you not to be specific to the person that's preaching. Mm. That word should speak to you. Yes, absolutely. You should get a word from every church that you, every pastor that is over you. However, words can come from the song. Words can come from a blessing over the offering. Words can come from anywhere. So don't, don't shrink yourself into this box that the pastor has to speak directly to me Mm -hmm. because he will. That's his job too. But once you are his member, God mm-hmm. will speak to you in any way as soon as you walk to the door. It could be the greeter. So mm-hmm. just open your hearts. Say the prayer. God speaks to me when I walk in your house and he'll direct you to the church that's for you. Hey, that's an actionable step right there. You yes. got to take, <laughs> take, 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 take some advice right there. Take notes. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I was just going to suggest that I think the first step would be to really pray. Um, and if some people are out there saying, I really never prayed before, mm-hmm. I never, it, it's really just a conversation. Um, you know, just close your eyes and just talk to God about what you kind of want and ask that, like Pia said, you really need to be open um, because it can come in many different forms or fashions. You know, it may be somebody who may invite you somewhere that in the past they've invited you before and they may just so happen to call you now after you mm-hmm. make this prayer, mm-hmm. you know, invite you out. Um, and then just come in with an open mind and an open heart. I mm-hmm. feel like that's um, the most important. And then God will take everything else. Uh, like we talked about before, you take one or two steps mm-hmm. and uh, leave the rest up to him. Yeah. yeah. I um, have gotten into a space of like just really living in being the best example that I could be and allowing that example to kind of radiate to people mm-hmm. to the point where they're curious and to the point where they want to be a part of it. Uh, Cause I've been there where I've invited family and I've invited friends um, and they haven't necessarily kind of followed through and made that jump. And so for me, it's just continuing to be an example, live in not only my purpose, but just kind of this person that I feel like God is moving me to be. Um, and ultimately, eventually, things will be happening so much in my life where people are like, I need to, I need a piece of that. I need a taste of whatever, whatever cake he is eating. I'm trying to eat it too, anime. So, (laughs) um, for those of you out there who have listened to this podcast, I hope that we have offered value. I hope that we have offered a little bit, um, kind of some details into what it's like being a Christian. One of the things that we didn't talk about a little bit, we kind of, teetered around it um, is this kind of traditional way of being a Christian and this new age way of being a Christian. It might be a part two in the sense of there's a battle kind of going on and raging between the traditional churches and a new way of being a Christian. Um, some of my favorite pastors are very non-traditional in the way that they deliver the message. Pastor Shep, um, I didn't know Ty Tribbett was a pastor, y'all. Mm-hmm. I just thought he... Do the little, uh, the singing and coming out with these high energy gospel songs. But my man gets down. He had a word the other day that I was like, ooh, speaking <laughs> to me. Another one, um, Todd, Pastor, Pastor Todd, Michael Todd. Michael Todd. Um, just That's some transformation church out of the box. Very different, but they are in the word. That is our motto at mm-hmm. our church. But it's just, it's, it just got me thinking about like, the youth, um, these pastors that are catering to the new youth and kind of s- stepping away from the traditional way of doing church, they are onto something. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of young people who really 
kind of get to do church differently than how we did it, which Change I'm kind of jealous. You know what I mean? Like, like get to grow up, church, right? <laughs> grow up in a church that's making an effort to cater to them. Right. Um, and, and so, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's so big. And I, and that, another good point you just made, like, as a Christians, like, if we have friends or family members that we're trying to, like, kind of influence and, and get them down the path that, that we're on. And not even about a path of following God, because I feel like when you're following God and you're following in the, in the way that he intends you to follow it, that's happiness right there. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, like when I'm trying to get people to like be happy, like it's just me like saying, look, me following God is has led to this happiness that I have in my life. And I want that for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so just, man, I think... New age Christian and Christianity is in good hands. And I feel like ultimately we're going to look back in five years or so. And right now our pastor gets a lot of flack for the way that he does things. And I'm sure all these other pastors that are kind of doing this out of box ministry type of way are getting flack. But I feel like we're going to look back and we're going to be like, man, innovators. You know, (laughs) it's it's just going to be a new way. Any final thoughts from you two, like about this this episode and anything you want to lead the people with before we close this thing out? Nah, y'all good? uh, Thank you for the invitation. No problem. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. I I really try to add some value to the people and hopefully kind of bring up some conversations that not necessarily other people aren't bringing up, but just something that's going to move the needle, something that's going to get people thinking and really self-reflecting and self-evaluating themselves. So thank you guys for joining. Uh, Minister Pia is a minister of our church at ECM. So it's so good to have her insight um, in some of the things that she was dropping. Um, sometimes she drops videos and I'm like, man, these are nuggets that people need in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so it was no brainer when I came up with this topic that I was going to add her. And then my man, Ross B, I brought him on specifically because he does live a fulfilled life. He's single. He does this thing. He dates. He does. But he does it all within his character and his values and the way that he carries himself. You you see it. And we don't necessarily look at him like, man, he's wilding out today. But like, I know like Ross is out having a good time, but I know he's not going to step away from the person that I know him to be. And I think that's the key. And so for you out there, you just got to figure out and find a way to live life according to how you want to live it, according to how God wants you to live it. Not necessarily what people have told you that God Mm -hmm. wants you to live it. You literally got to hear them and see them for yourself. And that in itself encourages you to be your best self and to live according to how he wants and how you ultimately should in terms of moving the kingdom and impacting the kingdom. That's ultimately, I feel like, what Christianity, what your journey ultimately is going to lead up to. And, and and although we seem to be mature in our journey as Christians, um, it's still a journey. Yeah. We're still on it. We're still going to fall. We're still going to miss the beat. But ultimately, we have the opportunity to get back up with that grace that we have. So, anywho, thank you for tuning in to the DJ Inspires podcast. Tune in next time as we get ready for episode 16. First of all, I've been on track, y'all. I've been popping them out every month, (laughs) fourth Friday of the month. Talk to me. Episode 16 will be, we're a little late on this, but I really want to have this conversation. When they see us. Episode 16 will be when they see us. Um, I think the wifey going to join me. I know it's been a while since she's been on it with me, but I think she's going to get on there with me on that episode. So, anywho, who knows? That's going to be fire. We'll see. Thank you for tuning in to the DJ Inspires podcast. Much love.